Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and what a huge week it's been since we last spoke on Wednesday. Uh, of course, the big news that occurred just after we recorded was the Morrison government announcing half-price airfares for 800,000 lucky Australians at the cost of $1.2 billion for the rest of us. Now, this was initially met with great amounts of scepticism and criticism and still is being met with those same levels of criticism, despite the fact that the Morrison-McCormick government has now increased the number of places that are eligible to receive these discount flights. Originally, there was about 15 uh, federal seats that would be eligible. 10 of those were Liberal National marginal seats. Uh, they've now included Hobart uh, as a potential domestic tourist destination. But of course, New South Wales still only has one and Victoria only has one. And both those state governments have been highly critical of this package, as have many domestic tourism providers, including, but not limited to, Flight Centre itself. Now, this entire package uh, just flies in the face of the reality that so many Australians are facing. There are 40,000 Australians currently stranded overseas. Uh, and recently it was brought to my attention by a family member of mine that a friend of theirs had passed away on the Japanese snowfields. There was a, a workplace incident, they were crushed uh, under a snowfall, uh, and their wife and child is currently stranded in Japan. Now, this is simply symbolic of the 40,000 Australians who, under all sorts of tragic circumstances, find themselves unable to get home. At the same time, the Morrison government is handing out $1.2 billion of our money to people who want to go on a cheap holiday. Now, you might think cheap holidays are a good thing, Ben. We could all use one. I couldn't agree with you more. We could all use a cheap holiday. But the reality is there are 2 million Australians currently unemployed or underemployed. On top of that, there are 3 million Australians who are relying on JobKeeper to stay employed. Now, at the end of March, the Morrison government will be cutting the JobSeeker allowance to $43 a day. That's a cut for 2 million of our fellow Australians. It will push 85% of the people who receive that payment into poverty. At the same time, they'll be scrapping entirely the job keeper payment. That's 3 million Australians whose jobs will suddenly become much more insecure. Some estimates say as many as 110,000 jobs will be lost overnight. Now, I don't begrudge anyone having a cheap holiday on the Gold Coast. God knows I've had one myself in the past. But when there are so many millions of Australians who will lose their livelihoods, who will struggle to pay their bills, who are trapped in foreign countries desperate for flights to come home, it seems to me that we shouldn't be wasting $1.2 billion of our money on cheap airfares for only 800,000 of our citizens. This isn't as though everyone's gonna get one. This isn't that Morrison's gonna put a flight for you and your family in the mailbox. You've gotta go on and you've still gotta buy flights through Qantas and Virgin, who by the way, Michael McCormick in his total train wreck, or should I say plane crash of an interview on Insiders Today, acknowledged was warmly welcomed by the CEO of Qantas and the CEO of Virgin. Now, 
If you're going to hand those two people that much money, you should be extracting job guarantees. You should be extracting guarantees about the wages and conditions of the workforce so that the full benefit flows to the Australian people. Instead, Qantas has outsourced thousands of jobs. Qantas and Virgin have both let go thousands of people. If the Morrison government was serious about supporting aviation, it would have stepped in with a serious package looking at the nationalisation of at least one of those airlines early in the pandemic crisis. Other countries did it. Other countries stepped up to the plate and brought airlines back into public control. And why did they do that? For the jobs, for the supply chain of tourist economies, to ensure that people could put food on their table and pay their bills. The Morrison government didn't do that. And now they're spending $1.2 billion of our money to prop up the bottom line of Qantas and Virgin with no guarantee of jobs. And in fact, with tourism industry operators saying that this will not help many, many of the down chain providers of accommodation and tours and all the things that you would want this money to flow into. So that is happening now. There are, of course, flights available and people will be booking them. But don't forget that this amount of money could have helped millions of people when now it will simply provide slightly cheaper holidays for people who probably already had secure work and probably already had decent pay coming in every week. In better news, over in WA, the Mark McGowan government has been returned with a thumping majority. As we discussed on previous episodes, the Labor government of Mark McGowan was incredibly popular, is incredibly popular, and was tipped by all and sundry to be returned to power. Well, they have delivered in spades, with 53 of the 59 lower house seats turning red overnight. That leaves the Liberal Party with two seats. And finally, there is a Liberal caucus somewhere in Australia that has achieved gender equality. It simply took them losing almost all of their seats to do it. The National Party will be the opposition party, having achieved twice as many seats as the Liberals, taking away four seats. Now, this is a thumping victory for Labor. And of course, the Liberal Party is keen to make it about incumbency during a pandemic. However, it should be noted that the polls were demonstrating Mark McGowan's popularity going into the pandemic and of course, increased during the pandemic. The same cannot be said of Scott Morrison. The news polls have his government at 50-50 with Labor. And while the benefits of incumbency have clearly amplified results in Queensland, the Northern Territory, Canberra, and now WA, Scott Morrison must be looking at his numbers with quite a shaky hand. Because there's no question that if there was an election today, he would not be walking away with 88% of the seats in the federal parliament. In further good news out of WA, the One Nation vote totally collapsed, meaning that One Nation is now essentially entirely trapped within a small belt of votes in Queensland and in New South Wales. Coming up in the week ahead, the March for Justice is happening on Monday. Again in WA, they had the march today and about 5,000 people, mostly women, uh, were there. There are marches in all the major capital cities and in many regional centres, including my hometown of Ballarat uh, and in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, where Van Batam, uh, co-host of The Week on Wednesday, will be speaking. 
Uh, it's interesting to note that the issue uh, uh, that has driven this, the sexual assaults and uh, culture of misogyny uh, and sexism in Parliament and in Canberra uh, continues to evolve and continues to be exposed on a day-by-day basis. And the march could not be more important to demonstrate that Australians will not tolerate injustice towards women and demand equality for all. I encourage you to check out marchforjustice.com.au, find the location of your local march and do participate. Michael McCormick, our Deputy Prime Minister, said today that he would be too busy, too busy to step outside and attend the rally in Canberra on the parliamentary lawns uh, because he has a full, uh, full uh, diary of meetings and he couldn't possibly reschedule any. Uh, we'll see how that plays out, uh, but that was just part of his train wreck, plane crash uh, interview. And of course, this week as well, we have the IR Omnibus Bill scheduled to be debated in the Senate on Tuesday. Uh, the Morrison government has continued to push ahead with this bill, despite the fact that its author, Christian Porter, has had to go on sick leave uh, due to the mental uh, ill health effects that he has suffered as a result of the allegation against him uh, being a rapist in the uh, late 1980s. Uh, so the government has pushed ahead and put Michaelia Cash, the former Workplace Relations Minister, in charge of securing the passage of the bill, uh, which is not entirely dissimilar to a number of bills she failed to secure the passage of when she was minister last time. Uh, and the crossbench Senate uh, senators have said quite clearly they don't believe the bill should be passed. They believe there are issues with the bill on the face of it. And there are many commentators saying that while Christian Porter is notionally the minister in charge of this, it has no chance of garnering enough support. Of course, we know that the bill has significant problems in the way it treats casual workers, in the way it treats back pay, in the way it allows for employers to reduce wages and reduce conditions and reduce job security. It's the last thing we need right now. We need the government to be securing people's jobs, not making it easier for them to be sacked. So they're the big stories that have come up in the last few days and in the couple of days uh, at the start of this week. So thanks again for listening. This has been The Weekend Wrap. Don't forget to download and listen to The Week on Wednesday, every Wednesday with me and Van Battam. Uh, Wednesday afternoons, uh, you can get it on wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And don't forget to share, like, discuss this episode and every episode of The Week on Wednesday and The Weekend Wrap. Remember, be kind to yourself and to each other. Bye.